Hey guys, this is Lindsay Schnorr. Welcome to my podcast, Known to be Known. I want to inspire you to wonder and question and think for yourself rather than tell you what to think as we go on a journey to get to know God. I'd like to suggest that God's desire was never to get you to heaven, but to get heaven through you, and that he actually gave us this answer to what eternal life looks like in John 17, 3, saying that eternal life is this, that we would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, he gave us an end game and a timeline, relationship forever. I believe that as we get to know him, he's made known through our lives and evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, actually looks and sounds a lot like you and your life. You ready for an adventure? Let's go. Hello, my friends. It has been a minute and it is a good day. Um, quick recap. As of this broadcast, I am a week post-op. It was horrendous uh, and a total pain in the you-know-where without being punny. And I think you can draw your conclusions to where I had surgery. And holy cow, I don't wish it upon any of you. It's It's been a lot. Um, that is definitely not today's subject matter, but a big reason for the silence and lack of episodes, because quite frankly, I have been very horizontal and in um, massive pain control up until uh, just, a, just about a day ago. So thank you, everybody, for your prayers. Thank you for everybody that has brought us food. Thank you, guys, every single person that has just been with me on this leg of this journey and been a support and an encouragement because, man... It is needed when we go through hard things. That That is a true fact. We're going to move in a completely different direction <laughs> because as you can imagine, being horizontal and not being able to do basically anything because I can't lift, I can't strain, I can't do nothing um, has left me with even more time to sit and think on things. And where I've landed in the last few days, and has been a common conversation in this house amongst teenagers, is this beautiful fall season that also coincides with Halloween. And what do believers do with Halloween? Is Halloween that big of a deal? Is it dangerous? Can we be a part of Halloween as believers without going against what Jesus has called us to do? And these questions have all come together in this glorious manifold conversation in our house under the guise of going to haunted houses. Now, if if you have listened to the pilot episode or the second part of the pilot episode and, and know my story... I have experience with demonic oppression. Demons are very real to me. I have seen them. I have heard them. And in my experience with them, clearly at this point, it is not an issue of being afraid of them or not knowing my authority 
over them in Jesus, but quite frankly, why have anything to do with them? So quite honestly, like as you're going to listen to me process through this, I'm not talking at you, but I am going to talk to you through my own background of experience to to ask and pose some questions for us because y'all, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand the deep desire and protection of the quote unquote Christian community wanting to have fun during this season and acting like it doesn't matter in the way that we choose to do that. And whether that is dressing a four-year-old up as Chucky, going to Exorcist, whatever the name of the reboot is, or being entertained by slaughterhouses that have rooms full of dismembered children, am I the only one that's got an issue with this when when you even look at what's going on in the world today and that in the United States specifically that we're just like oh it's fine it's just entertainment we don't actually mean anything by it it's it's not actually going to open a door to anything i'm i'm covered by the blood of jesus therefore i can go and just be entertained by these things without bringing anything home with me. I think these are important conversations. Sorry, I just pounded pounded my table. <laughs> I think they're important conversations. And I think they're important conversations for us to start having, not in a way to come to uh, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you're right kind of thing, but like start talking about this. If If you truly believe that Jesus came to earth, fully God, fully man, and died to reconcile the separation and sin that entered the world, that he beat death, beat Satan, stands in victory, and that as being a part of his family, being a follower, in retrospect of everything that he did, That my life now, choosing to be a believer and being an inherited heir of his kingdom, now my life actually should demonstrate honor and purity and goodness naturally? If if that's all true, would I then go and become... And, and choose to put myself in situations to be entertained by the very thing that he defeated to, to make light of, of his purchase on the cross. Have you ever thought about that? When you put yourself in situations, if you desire the adrenaline rush to watch horror movies, slasher films, uh, binging on podcasts of of serial killers. That innate desire to be entertained by brutality and murder and evil and anger. As a believer, when we are told, finally, brothers and sisters, we're in Philippians 4.8 real quick. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think only on such things. 
if we're told to do that, and ergo, not probably sit on the whatever is wrong, whatever is impure, whatever is disgusting, whatever is not admirable, if anything is not praiseworthy or excellent, don't think on such things. Can can we agree that that is what that's implying? Then why would I choose to go and put myself in said situations or watch or listen or look at specific things? Now I'm going to start suggesting things to you because that's like an open-ended yet rhetorical question. The entire issue with sin and separation started with a choice. And this is going to be kind of a a speed through on a little bit of how God created us in his image and why why free will is such a big deal. And I'm not going to sit and give you what I believe about sovereignty and free will and predestination because as greater teachers have said, they both exist in the Bible. It's not one or the other. But free will is very real because we had to be able to choose to love Jesus. You cannot force love and then make it a choice, right? He didn't want slaves. He wanted friends. So being created in his image, we were also given the opportunity to think for ourselves. And that's why there was a choice in the very beginning to have either the tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is interesting in and of itself because Adam and Eve were in the presence and relationship of God in the garden. So they had access to all knowledge. Choosing the knowledge of good and evil said that they actually didn't have everything they needed in God and they chose to serve themselves rather than serve him. That's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it's important. The devil came in and suggested this entire thing to Eve and she chose to move away from the will of God because maybe she would know better. That choice, that choice defined history, and yet we get to stand on the other side of the cross, redeemed and reconciled, but that choice is still a choice to each one of us. We're still given the choice daily on what to think about, what to listen to, what to look at, where to put ourselves in what circumstances and situations. And it is in the choices that we make that we make an agreement with whose will we're actually serving. Think about it. Eve didn't have a contract, like a physical contract, where like the the imagery I get is when Ariel's in the bottom of the ocean and the sea witch is singing her song and your poor unfortunate souls. And she grabs the pen and she goes to sign her name so that she gets her legs. Like that's not how Eve like worked it out with Satan, right? There, there's not like some physical glowing contract where she signs her name and humankind like falls forever. That's not the point. And I was trying to explain this to my husband last night, so I didn't have the right imagery till right now. But we make a contract with our choices. Our words actually matter. Our demonstration of, of our actions actually matter. And your contract, 
quote unquote, like we're talking metaphorically, what I say yes to affirms whose will I'm aligning myself with. If I choose to watch a horror movie, I am agreeing with that subject nature. With Right? Did I say that backwards? The nature of that subject. I, I am saying, yes, I'm going to watch this. Yes, I'm going to listen to it. Yes, I find this entertaining. There is something intriguing about this. But Lindsay, I'm just watching it to be entertained. <laughs> okay, well, the devil was just trying to appeal to Eve's hunger and the the beauty of the plant. The reality is, you guys, is that Satan's very real. And we don't need to make him as, as big of a target because he's not an equal opportunity uh, enemy either. We, we serve a God that is way bigger. This isn't like God versus Satan. But Satan is after to kill and destroy and steal from you everything. And he doesn't come in a way that is very obvious. He comes to appeal to you in a way that says, check this out. What do you think? Is this interesting? And he waits to see how many times he can get you to agree with what he's actually distracting you with by the amount of time and the the focus that you start giving to the thing that he's distracting you with. Do you know one of the easiest seasons that I would suggest that he can do that in is October in the United States because the secular world has made Halloween a normal thing? I'm not judging right now, but I know of multiple church groups that take their kids as a church group, a believing church group to these particular haunted houses. And P.S. adults, I went to them too, but just because you did something in your past that you know better about doesn't actually mean that you have to allow any other child in your atmosphere to do because you know better. Your past actions aren't an invitation to allow the younger generation to do the same stupid things that we did when we know better. Shame on us. I grew up in an era, I'm 39 years old, where in, in my town, the Bible thumpers that were doing the, the trunk or treat at the churches were looked down upon because they were geeks for, for not actually just letting your kids trick or treat. My parents were, we didn't do pumpkins for a great season, got rid of a lot of uh, like the treasure troll thing. Like I went through the purge of all that stuff. And I remember as a little kid not understanding it, but now as an adult, here's one thing I do get. It's probably not going to be popular or understood when the church finally starts doing the things that we're supposed to do because it is anti-culture. Is it right for us to be allowing and supporting our kids to go to haunted houses, houses that are supposed to be entertainment focused on the supernatural, the evil, the possessed, the demonic, and label that fun. Is that right? Do you believe that angels and demons are real? And do you believe that the demonic is dangerous? Do you think it's something that if you start entertaining it, you're not actually agreeing, giving focus, and therefore giving space for these actual entities to come in and start oppressing your life? How many of you that love horror films 
that that love the adrenaline rush at haunted houses that love slasher films and binge on podcasts of murders and and read all of the all the things lead really happy calm lives and you sleep well that you don't have anxiety that you don't have running thoughts that you that you don't um think about murder and all these things i'm going to tell you right now you do because the demonic is real It's, it is such an important conversation and I haven't even touched the costuming part of it yet. The way that we are allowing our youth to have fun is ridiculous to me. I don't think it's innocent because there's always an adult or somebody in the atmosphere that knows better. And can I tell you what, if you're the one that does, then God will give you the words on how to say it in a way that keeps these kids from engaging in behaviors and focusing on distractions that they shouldn't be. I'm really curious as to what thoughts this elicits. Well, what, do, what if my kid gets left out? What if your kid gets left out? I don't think I care if my kid gets left out of Halloween festivities. What if my kid's old enough to make their decisions? Yeah, I got them. I have them. And do you know what? At that point in time that I'm even learning at this threshold, I can give them all the information. But so did God to Adam and Eve. And at the very end of the day, my kids still ultimately have the choice to make for themselves. And sometimes they'll make the right choice and sometimes they'll make the wrong choice. But God's always going to be the end, at the end of both of those. But far be it from me that if I can keep them from making the wrong choice by informing them well, I will not withhold what I know from my experience thus far. And my experience says you don't play with fire. Very simply, and this is how I was talking about it last night with my family. If you know that evil exists, if you believe that evil exists, and if there are ways that potentially give evil an opportunity to influence your life more than others, is it smarter to stay away from those particular circumstances and opportunities. Yep. It's sobering, isn't it? Again, as of this podcast right now, we have the Israeli-Palestinian conflict going on and to spare the the gory details, I'm sure many of you guys know, but there's there's children being murdered and dismembered. And at the exact same time, we have haunted houses for entertainment that have rooms of dismembered children to entertain our kids. I think there's a big problem with that. I don't think there's anything entertaining about that. 
We have the highest suicide, suicide rates ever in our nation. And we are cranking out movies of demonic possession, which regardless of where you fall on the line of what you believe or know about demonic possession and oppression is probably one of the leading causes that attributes to suicide. And we are saying that's entertainment as well. I find it fascinating, and I know I'm not the only one talking about it, but I find it fascinating that most of us, especially those of us that are parents, are not actually raising a red flag to our children and saying, this is actually not entertainment, this is real. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such these things. But those things aren't fun. Said everybody at one point in their life that listened to that voice. On the other side of this conversation, I feel like there's a whole nother conversation that that Christians specifically have not addressed that, you know what, God, God is incredibly fun. And when you start living kingdom life, you will never want to do anything different because seeing healing, seeing glory, seeing signs and wonders, and just being in the presence of God, even aside of all the things that he does, being in the actual manifest presence of God, watching Crazy things happen. I've I've seen glitter and gold dust and and things that I don't even know how to explain to you, but I've seen them. They are far more entertaining and lovely and beautiful and cool than any distraction of junk on the other side of the field. But I would propose to you that the adrenaline rush that the enemy has actually tried to to make attractive to us. He appeals to the supernatural desire in all of us because we were made in the image of God. And instead of us going after the things that God made us for, he appeals to that darker sense of us because quite frankly, in the Western world specifically, we've made God not fun, too stuffy, and completely not cool. He's the square dad. Satan has trumped himself up. I mean, you go look at Netflix, you go look at Amazon Prime. There are so many sitcoms where Satan has become like the cool dad. You guys, that's dangerous stuff. Because he would distract you into wanting to come towards him and have a perspective on him instead of your good dad, who is actually the coolest, most fun, incredible guy ever by appealing to very subservient, low-life, counterfeit, crap versions of the good things that God has for us. And it is hidden in such things as the stupid crap, sorry, mind you, I'm going to say it, that Halloween has become. Oh, 
oh no, Lindsay, people are going to think you're judgy because you wouldn't like hand out candy to their kids. No, actually, I also have a massive radar on that you... What did Jesus himself say on the cross? Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. You guys, a lot of people are oblivious to the fact of how how crappy Halloween really is. They're oblivious because they've never been told, hey, are you aware of that you're actually celebrating and indulging in something that is completely, completely anti-everything Jesus did? Oh, no kidding. Okay, well, now you know. My point is not judging. My point is, have you thought about this and how are you parenting and how are you living your life in this next two weeks? If you're discipling people and you are also pro-Halloween, I just, why? I, I truly want to know why. Oh, I'm evangelizing at the haunted houses. Okay, maybe you are. I'm not actually going to argue with the fraction of you that have been called by God to go into those spaces and places because I know of people that have been called into those spaces and places. However, 90% of y'all need to realize that it isn't actually innocent fun. The enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't come completely obvious. He comes as a sheep, as a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I would suggest to you, especially right now, because it seems like it is far more rampant, video games, the movies that are coming out, the the haunted houses and the haunted house nature that is so parallel to the actual evils and atrocities that are taking place in war right now. All of it seems to be very intentional about grabbing the focus and attention of a generation to desensitize them to what the to what Satan is doing you guys tell me i'm wrong It's, it's just so hard for me to sit there and say there, there's nothing wrong with this. Look where that ended us up during the pandemic. All the things that we were like, oh, innocently, it's no big deal. Oh, whoever wanted to be on the school board anyways, it's, it's not a big deal. It's innocent. Let anybody do what they want. Well, look what happens when you leave, and I know, whatever. So maybe that is like a reach for a second for a metaphor, but look what happens in the exact areas that we have deemed innocent, fun, no big deal, you go do you, that all of a sudden become the exact places of influence and authority. I mean, Taylor Swift is is doing incantations that she got straight from witches at her tour because it is artistic. Do I think she has any clue what she's doing? Gosh, I hope not. But we've made it so easy for people to delve into supernatural things under the guise of, it's nothing, it's no big deal, it's not real. Yes, it is. And you do have a choice. And the choices that you make are agreements with one side or the other. 
There is either the will of God or not the will of God. And while that can feel like a really harsh reality, it is true. And oppression is real. And possession is real. And the only way that any of these things happen is through our agreement. And I'm going to be like super brave right now. I feel like that this that this time right now, the coolest thing about this is when you see things, when you see things ramping up in the world, it's not to get freaked out. It's actually to see exactly where the grace and favor of God rests. And I believe that where there is an, an attempt to get people focused on evil and interested in it, God wants to release a favor for freedom. And there's people listening right now that are like, I I have felt anxiety. I, I actually didn't ever understand where maybe this could have came from. I have night terrors. I can't sleep. I've watched horror movies forever. I've been obsessed with these murder mysteries. And I have all these things running through my head. Listen, the blood of Jesus is enough for you. The blood of Jesus sets you free. And anybody willing to make agreement with Jesus Christ being their savior, that's enough. Remember our last episode before this one on the prodigal son? God's just wanting to cover you and throw a party. Today's your day. And there is light with you, not just at the end of the tunnel, but right now with you. And I just speak the name of Jesus right now. I speak the name of Jesus and I release freedom from oppression, freedom from possession. And I speak his name and his life and his presence into you, that you would be adopted into his family under his kingship, that there would be a peace over the night that God created the night to actually be an invitation into your dreams, that your dreams would no longer be possessed by the enemy, but they would be in possession of the king, that there would be no more fear, that there would be a boldness to stand in places where you were once interested in, in the supernatural, that now you can be only interested in Holy Spirit, And I speak a breaking off of the lie that God is not fun in Jesus' name. He is the most fun, most incredible, beyond your wildest dreams person that you could ever do life with. It is impossible to miss out on any good thing in this life apart from Jesus. Choosing him and choosing his way will not keep you, will not keep you from experience, but will actually be the invitation into abundance that you have always desired. And we're going to close in prayer today. Holy Spirit, thank you that there is no time or space. In you, we are not separated. That even as I am saying this prayer, no matter if it is in real time, five days, five years from now, 
that every single person that you have used to come to this particular broadcast, that they would receive the freedom that you purchased for them. And not just an event of freedom, but the but the fact that you bought them the freedom to pursue you in relationship and multiplication and intimacy. God, that we repent as a nation for being interested in evil and making it normal and cool and even saying that to our children. We repent of that. We ask you to come into those places that we would institute Something in its place, God, I don't even know what it looks like, but that there would be celebrations and ideas um, to, to replace Halloween, that we would live in a generation where we celebrate the beauty of October, the beauty of what you've done historically at this time, and that we would give you the glory. That we would give you the glory. Lord, we repent of making light of situations of death, of horror, of evil, that we desire to only think on what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, excellent and praiseworthy. That anything not of that list would hold no value or interest or perspective. That our yes to you would be seen in what we decide to listen to, to look at, and to attend. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing on the earth today. Amen. Hey, everybody. I've had the opportunity to get to know you on podcast, but now if you're local, let's get together. October 21st, Meant for More Ministries and Known to be Known Ministries are coming together to put on an event called Anchored in Anticipation. Are you ready to find community, be inspired, ignited, and equipped to actually walk in the kingdom realities of what God created you for? Come join us. For tickets, go to my Instagram page at Known to be Known or Lynn Schnorr and click on the link tree. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have found places in your thinking or belief systems that have been encouraged, challenged, or my hope, quite frankly, introduced to completely new concepts. You want to stay connected? Visit me at my website at known to be known. That's the number two and a little b dot com. You can go there to be a part of the blog or to submit to be a member so that when new podcasts and new blogs are released, you're the first to know about it. Can't wait to see you next time.